At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I interview Savannah Darris, a portrait photographer from the United States. I've always admired her work and the way she photographs people and retouches her pictures. She's incredibly good at taking photos in various locations and at different times of year. Please enjoy. Hi, Savannah. Welcome to the podcast. It's awesome to have you here. Please feel free to introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Savannah Darris, and I am a creative portrait photographer. I am located in Portland, Maine, and I'm excited to get to chat with you. Me too. How did you get into portrait photography? I started a long time ago around the MySpace and DeviantArt era. I've been interested in taking photos my entire life. When I was a kid, I was always taking photos, but I would say around the time that MySpace started, like 2005, 2006, was when I got a bit more into it because everyone was taking these cool pictures of themselves and stuff. So I started getting into self-portraiture. And then around that time, I discovered DeviantArt as well. So that inspired me a lot to get more creative. I started exploring photo manipulations and things like that. So I started out taking self-portraits and then pictures of my friends and family and just went from there. That's really great. We have a very similar background because we both sort of started on DeviantArt and we both started mm -hmm. with self-portrait photography. So it's, yeah. uh, it's nice to have someone with a similar background. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> what are the best and worst parts of being a portrait photographer? Um, I would say, I mean, it's hard to think of a worst part, really. I guess the worst part would be the business side of things, like clerical work is you know, things I'm not really interested in <laughs> that I wish I could have an assistant for because really I just love to be out creating and, you know, following that part of my passion. But as far as the portraiture part, I love every part of it really down to taking photos, editing, 
the whole process I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regarding the worst part, I agree with you on that because <laughs> I hear from a lot of beginners, especially in portrait photography, who say that they're afraid of coming up with prices and rates for their photo shoots and the whole yeah. financial aspect. It can be a little mm-hmm. bit daunting. So I understand what you mean about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you're first starting out and you don't really have a good grasp on what your time is worth or, you know, what you feel is too much or too little. I think that just all comes with experience, really, and gaining more confidence in yourself. Yeah, you have to be okay with being a beginner and not knowing everything. But thankfully, the internet has so much information about these things. And you just have to also be able to value yourself and your time in a way that feels fair to you. And also reasonable for the clients you're working with, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You said that you also like editing and you have a way of making skin look really natural but flawless at the same time, which I think is a really cool approach. What is your editing process like? Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy the editing process. Sometimes I think I enjoy it more than the actual shooting, but I love both a lot. I just really enjoy editing because I get to sit down and be by myself and kind of zone out and tap into that creative part of my mind and just let my imagination flow. Um, As far as skin retouching goes, I do frequency separation mostly. And I'm very much a perfectionist. So I'm very meticulous with the details. I usually for a portrait, I will spend anywhere from an hour to two hours just on one photo. Mm -hmm. And a big way of that is skin retouching. I try to make it look as perfect as possible without it looking fake and unrealistic. But I like my photos to have a bit of a surreal, whimsical vibe. So it's not entirely realistic, but it looks like it could be, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have that perfect balance, as you said, of whimsical, but natural at the same time. So it doesn't look disgustingly photoshopped. Sometimes I see all those people with the filters. (laughs) (laughs) I said that I really liked how you strike that balance, that you make it look so easy, but also creative at the same time. Thank you. Yeah, that just comes from many years of, you know, practicing and fine tuning things and learning along the way. And I'm, I'm sure I could improve even more over the years, but I try and just take my time with it and make sure it looks good and it's also really important to um once you're finished to step away from it for a bit and then come back to it with some fresh eyes because sometimes you can get lost in the editing process and kind of lose what is real and what isn't (laughs) oh yeah for sure yeah that's an important point to make because for me personally as well sometimes i have a photo shoot i take hundreds of pictures Mm. and i don't even know which one to choose for editing like that's the hardest Mm. part for me because i like so many And what helps the most is just sleeping on it. The next day, I know exactly what I like. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. Absolutely, yeah. Your lifestyle photos are very beautiful. You're very good at taking candid-looking pictures of your models. Do you have any tips on how others can achieve something similar? Yeah, I just think it's important to get to know the people that you're working with and to be authentic to who you are. I struggled a lot with that when I was younger because I'm a very introverted person and have a tendency to be kind of shy around new people, which is something that I grew out of as I got older or not grew out of, but grew more into myself and became more comfortable with it. But when I was younger and my early days of photography, I always felt like 
I should be this bubbly, outgoing person because that's what I saw all the other photographers doing. And it's kind of a field that is dominated by extroverts. But also there are a lot of introverts that are just usually on the internet. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I think that if you just stay authentic to yourself, then people are able to be more comfortable around you. And just interacting with them like you would with a friend or any person that you're just meeting. And I think it's important to have a conversation with them before you start shooting, you know, get to know them a little bit, helps you both ease into it and warm up and just get to know each other. So you're not just instantly shooting, helps them get a little more comfortable in front of the camera. And I always find that the first 10 or 15 minutes or so is awkward for most people, but they usually ease into it once they're used to having a camera pointed at their face. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I have the same experience. And it's important also to let your models know that the first 10 to 15 minutes will be awkward, just so that yes. they know that it's a normal thing. And when you mm-hmm. emphasize that even professional models have that uh, to mm-hmm. a certain extent, then it's very relieving, I think, for any client or any model to know in general, because then they're like, okay, I'm a normal person. Mm-hmm. These are normal feelings to have during a photo shoot, especially if your model is not actually professional. Mm -hmm. If they're just a friend or a family Mm -hmm. member, it really helps to just reassure them. And yeah, just be yourself. I think what people want the most is a positive photo shoot experience. They don't really care about your image, you know, so you just Mm -hmm. have to be yourself. As you said, it's a really good point to make. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I always make it a point to tell them that too. If I can sense that they're feeling awkward or uncomfortable, I always tell them that it's perfectly normal that even I feel awkward in front of the camera when I model for other people. And, you know, I've been doing it a long time. It's just a normal thing. It takes time to get used to it. And I also find that showing them the photos as you're taking them really helps too, so they can get a feel for what they look like. And usually if they like the photos, it gives them a boost of confidence. They're like, oh, okay, this is going well, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's very important to do. You have to involve them and also ask for feedback if possible. And yes. just make them feel like they are an important part of the photo shoot and they're not just, you know, an object that you're photographing. <laughs> right. Yes. Very important. Do you have any tips on how to find clients for photo shoots locally? How should photographers advertise themselves to build a successful business? This is definitely something that I think everyone struggles with, um, especially if they're On the more introverted side, it's not something that we really enjoy very much, you know, being outgoing and reaching out to people and putting ourselves out there. Um, It's definitely something that I'm always trying to improve on as well. But I think we're really fortunate to live in a time where we have such an abundance of social media and resources on the Internet. So you can find clients pretty easily without having to leave your house, which is great (laughs) if you don't want to. But I think that just being active on social media is really important. Looking through the local tags, hashtags or the geotags and finding either people or businesses that are in your area that you feel align with your brand, you know, reaching out to them, leaving a comment, liking their photos or even messaging them and saying, hey, I'm a local photographer, just wanted to introduce myself. And if you ever need a photographer, please keep me in mind. You know, you never know. they're not really going to know who you are unless you make yourself known to them. So that helps a lot. Just reaching out and asking for things is a really, really great help sometimes. 
and just being constantly active, posting all the time and interacting with more people in your area. If you're a beginner, you'll probably have to do a lot of collaborations or work for free just to get your name out there, but it can be really beneficial to help build your portfolio to work with local businesses or models on a trade basis. That way you can both benefit from the situation. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic advice. It's really important. I I really like what you said about geotags on Instagram, Mm -hmm. because that's one of the easiest ways to find really cool businesses or individuals. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be creeped out by you looking for geotags. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're stalking somebody's private profile or anything. Right. Especially if it's a business. Yeah. And if they have a public page, you know, most people are usually flattered if you leave a like or comment on their page especially in this day and age, I don't think anyone really considers it creepy. Um, even if exactly. it's just like, yeah, even if it's just a regular person, you know, for me, I mostly photograph women. So for example, I might look through my local tag and find girls that I feel would like my style. And I might just leave a comment and be like, you know, beautiful photo or, you know, just something genuine and nice, not even advertising yourself, just interacting with them as a person. And that way they'll be like, who is this? And they'll go back to your page and they might see your work and decide they want to hire you. Yeah, that's a very smart marketing strategy. Mm. You've taken photos of wedding couples, families, family members and models in the past. Who do you like to photograph the most? I would say I really enjoy shooting one on one with people just because it's more intimate and personal and we can get to know each other and be together on a friend level as well as creating together. And it just gives a lot of freedom to creatively express ourselves. But I love shooting any kind of subject, really. I really enjoy shooting weddings as well, just because it's a really intimate and special day. And one of the things I really like about shooting weddings is there isn't usually a lot of that awkwardness that can happen sometimes in one-on-one shoots, because at a wedding, everyone's expecting there to be a photographer or someone taking pictures and they're all having fun. It's a special day. You know, everyone's letting loose. They're enjoying themselves and you can just kind of walk around and capture the moments candidly, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love wedding atmospheres. First of all, Mm -hmm. people aren't really paying attention to you as the photographer because it is their big day, as you said, and they're just Mm -hmm. loosening up, as you said, and just really enjoying themselves. Um, and it gives you a lot of space, I think, to take a variety of candid photographs that you wouldn't have been able to take during a one-on-one session. But I also right. understand the value of a one-on-one session where you get to really find out about somebody's personality and be able to capture that in an authentic way. Right. Yeah, it's definitely two different vibes between a couple shoot and a wedding shoot, but they're both really great in their own way. Mm-hmm. And for wedding photography, do you think it's a good idea for people to hire an assistant or a second shooter? I would say if you're a beginner, definitely. If you feel that you're not capable of capturing the entire day by yourself, it really depends on how you work and your confidence in yourself as a photographer. I usually don't have a second shooter unless the couple specifically asks for one or if it's a really big day that I feel I need a second person for. Usually, I can do just fine by myself. But again, that's your personal preference, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I personally think that it is really important to 
have a second shooter if it's your very first wedding, because that way you can gain some confidence and also not have to worry about taking the perfect photographs, because then you at least you have some backup. Yeah, I definitely did that more on my earlier days of when I was more of a beginner photographer shooting weddings. It really helps to relieve some of the stress to have someone with you, even if it's just a friend or another beginner photographer that wants to come to help you that way you don't have to worry about missing a shot and like you said you have more variety of photos to choose from as well Mm -hmm. exactly yeah and as a portrait photographer this is a personal question for me i'm very curious about it because i um, as a portrait photographer struggle with this sometimes do you ever get tired of the genre and how do you take breaks from it or how do you refresh your creativity um, without Mm. actually taking a proper break from photography if that makes any sense Yeah, definitely. I think that it's really important to continually ask yourself why you're doing it. And if it's not something you're passionate about, then of course, I don't think you should pursue it unless it's just a career choice for you. But I think it's really important to remember what it is that initially inspired you to get into photography and why you love it so much. For me, a lot of that was self-portraiture like you. So I think it's really important for me to just go out and take self-portraits and create by myself. That way I have complete control over everything. I'm expressing myself and there's no obligations. You know, I don't have to edit the photos if I don't want to. I don't have to post them. I don't have any time constraints. I can just create freely and in whatever way I want, which is really important. And I try to keep those aspects with my client shoots as well. I try to have clients that align with my style and vision as well. But obviously, it's always going to be different when you're shooting with someone else. So I think it's just really important to take photos for fun, whether that's just taking photos of flowers outdoors or yourself or your dog or whatever it is that you like and just do it because you love it. Yeah, that should be the foundation of your photography, the fact that you love it. And I agree with what you said about self-portrait photography being such a freeing process because I've never really thought of it that way that you don't need to worry about posting the pictures online because you don't have any clients pressuring you Mm -hmm. to you don't have to you're you're not obligated to do anything with the photographs it's very free it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's probably why I love it too I mean it is very fun to work with clients but it's also really really nice to work with yourself as an individual because then you are in charge of everything which is challenging but yeah. you also learn so much about yourself in the process without feeling any kind of pressure for anybody from anybody. Yeah, definitely. It's a great way to express yourself and to, like you said, learn more about yourself. And it's great to be in control of both sides and you get to control what the world sees and whether or not they see it. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. PhotographyCourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Horton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. 
So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. So I originally know you from Flickr, I guess. Yeah, I think I found your work yeah. on Flickr initially. And as you said, you were on DeviantArt in the past before as well. Mm-hmm. What platform are you most active on now? And would you recommend it to photographers who want to grow their online following? So I don't really use DeviantArt or Flickr much anymore, unfortunately. I still have my accounts active on there. I just haven't really posted much lately. I used to a lot more years ago, but that's just because the community sort of slowly shifted away from those websites to Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, So mostly I use Instagram now. I do post on Facebook occasionally, but I try not to be on Facebook. So it's predominantly Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instagram is an interesting place. And I used to have a photography account there. And it definitely doesn't have the warmth of a community Mm. like Flickr, as you and I discussed before the interview. But it has so much potential. And I think there's so much room, so much more room for it to grow as a community, like a big, big community for photographers. I think so. Yeah, I have met quite a few people over the years through Instagram, fellow photographers, models, um, people that have become friends. So even though there are a lot of things that I don't like about Instagram, there are a lot of great opportunities that have come to me because of it. So I can't hate it entirely. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, it's kind of a love-hate relationship with it. But, you know, since it's the most dominant platform at the moment, you kind of don't have a choice. But I try to post my work on multiple platforms like I do still post on 500px and websites like that just because yeah yeah that's a really good point to make and I think everybody has a love-hate relationship with Instagram honestly most of the people that I've interviewed um, who have discussed social media with me have said that they have a love-hate relationship with it too so it's Mm. fascinating that we all seem to have the same feeling about it (laughs) yeah it can be frustrating just with the way that they have the algorithm set up and everything. It, it's frustrating to spend so much time on your work and to post it and then seemingly no one sees it, you know, <laughs> even though that shouldn't matter because you love it. It is nice to get that feedback, you know, and reassurance that other people like what you do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the interview before this one, I interviewed a, an underwater photographer, Chow, <laughs> maybe you know him. He said that for him, Instagram created like a beta version where likes are non-existent. <laughs> so he's mm. one of the lucky ones who doesn't need to oh. worry about likes. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that's, a, that's a, such a smart idea for Instagram. I think they right. understand that likes can be very toxic. And I, I would love to try that out myself in the future when it's possible. Yeah, I would too. I, I had heard about them rolling that out sometime over the past year but then the news of it kind of died away so I thought they just weren't doing it anymore but um that's really interesting I would like to try that too because it is frustrating to log on and you just instinctively look at the number of likes and you refresh and you wait for them to go up and (laughs) it's just like it's really like you said toxic to even focus on that because it shouldn't matter 
Yeah, it shouldn't matter at all. And as you said, you instinctively look at the likes and mm-hmm. it's just you don't want to, but you do because you yeah. have this part of you that's competitive. Because mm-hmm. people, we are generally competitive. It's a very normal human thing. But then social media amplifies that in many ways. And I think that's why many people feel insecure because you relate or you you compare your work to other people's and you're like, I got this many likes. They got thrice as much. <laughs> what does mm-hmm. that mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating, especially if you see someone who is doing stuff similar to you, or maybe you think my work's better than theirs. Why do they get three times as many likes or stuff like that? And it's just, yeah, it makes you fall into that comparison trap, which is never a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, it's never a good idea. And without the likes, I think it would be more of a gallery than some sort of competitive social media race or or whatever you want to call it. It would be like having yeah. a website because on my website, I just have my photographs that I am most proud of and mm-hmm. I don't get any likes there. So it's healthier, so yeah. much healthier. Definitely. Yeah. And even though Flickr back in the day, they still had likes, analytics and stuff. For some reason, I feel like I didn't focus on it as much back then. I mostly enjoyed getting comments or the little notes from people and people would leave genuine feedback on your photos. It wasn't just something like, great pick, you know? So it felt (laughs) you were interacting with a community and they were actually genuinely interested in your art and they weren't just leaving a comment so that you would comment on theirs, which is what a lot of people do on Instagram. Like, fake engagement just for the sake of getting their own engagement. (laughs) Yeah, those typical comments, like for like, a great pick follow yeah. on my account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just standard Instagram spammers. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, on Flickr, I think the reason it wasn't so, it didn't stand out so much, the whole like system was probably because you didn't see the number in each photograph mm-hmm. until you sort of over it with your mouse. I'm not sure how it was in 2010. can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, was, it just didn't go. stand out. Yeah, you had to look more at your stats for that photo or something, and which was really interesting to see, like, the views and the reach and stuff. But, yeah, it just felt very different. Yeah, absolutely. You have a distinct photography style. In your opinion, what is the best way to develop one's style and stand out as an artist? I think that developing your own style just takes time, really. It takes a lot of shooting and a lot of trial and error, trying different things to see what you do or don't like. If you go back and look through my older work, I feel that I've had, my style was always there, but it wasn't as prominent as it is now. I used to experiment with a lot of different stuff that I saw other people doing just because I thought it looked cool and I wanted to try it, which I think is really important to just try anything and everything to see what resonates with you, whether Mm -hmm. that's a dark moody style or light and airy or black and white or whatever it is. I think that the more you try those different genres and categories, the more you'll figure out what you do and don't like. And eventually you'll start to gravitate toward the same kind of repeating style that feels natural to you. Yeah, that's really useful and helpful advice. Because experimentation, in my opinion, is one of the best ways to improve as a photographer and to learn about yourself. You have to really try out different things in order to understand what exactly it is that you like and don't like. And then in the future, that will help you immensely. Yeah, definitely. It's super important, like you said, to improve your skills as well as just to try 
everything and experiment and don't be afraid to fail or to mess up or to take a bad photo because it's going to happen a lot <laughs> and it needs to. It needs to. Yeah, you have to fail. Oh, I've had so many failed attempts that I can't <laughs> count them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so that. frustrating. You hate it so much because you want those results that you see in mm. other people's work. But that's yeah. the only way to grow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there's this quote. Um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I saw it years ago. And it, it's basically to the effect of the reason why we feel so frustrated as photographers or artists in our early days is because our vision and our idea of what we want to create is very high up there. You know, we have very high expectations for ourselves and we know that we want to make good content or good art, but our skills just aren't there yet. So we have to go through that process to let our skills catch up with our vision. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a wonderful quote. And it makes a lot of sense. It's something that every beginner or even professional should keep in mind when they feel frustrated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you would like to experiment with outside of portrait photography? You mentioning underwater photography, I actually would love to do that. Um, I've always been really interested in underwater photography and I love the ocean. I love water in general. I think it's completely different because it's like a whole different world under the water and it's so magical and ethereal. I would really love to do that. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's I have no words for it. It's just so beautiful. As you said, ethereal has a completely different perspective on life and wildlife. It would be incredible to try it out one day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, I feel like anything that you shoot under the water just instantly looks 10 times more magical. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just anything. You take a photo of something that would look bland yeah. on land. Bland on yeah. land. <laughs> <laughs> but underwater, it look, as you said, 10 times more magical and so much better. Yes. I know that you travel a lot and you've been to Bali a few times, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have a favorite country that makes you feel really creative as an artist? Honestly, I would say Indonesia is probably high up there on my list just because I love warm tropical climates and I love shooting among nature, as you know, and I love incorporating plants and flowers, especially into my photos. So when I'm there, it's so abundant with that tropical plants, flowers, everything. And it's always sunny and warm, which I love. So I feel extra creative because it's just a place that has all of the aspects of nature that I really love in one place. But anywhere really that has beautiful nature is fine with me. <laughs> I love tropical climates. I love being in the desert. I love the mountains, anything. That's a good answer. Yeah, for me too. I really love nature and natural light. Any place with just sceneries that make you, <laughs> that just leave you speechless. Those are yeah. the best ones for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just being among nature is instantly really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have taken a lot of portraits of people and of yourself in the winter when it's snowing outdoors and it's snow mm -hmm. typically people associate it with landscape photography and yeah. genres like that and portraiture doesn't seem to thrive very well in that genre mm -hmm. in, in that season but you seem to do 
a great job of balancing your portrait of photography in each season and making it look really outstanding no matter what the weather is like. Do you have any tips for taking photographs in the snow? Because it seems very daunting. (laughs) (laughs) It can be for sure. Yeah, that kind of is one of the things that a lot of people know me for because like you said, most people don't shoot in the winter. And if they do, they do it indoors in the studio. Um, I guess I just like to challenge myself. And I do really love winter in the way that I love how beautiful it is. And it's I love when everything is covered with snow. It's just so magical and pure and it's amazing. But being cold is not fun. (laughs) I wish that it was warm and it could snow. But I would just say for tips on shooting in the snow, bring a lot of layers (laughs) so that when you shoot, you can usually what I do is if I'm taking self-portraits or shooting with someone else. I will wear my jacket and everything and then wear like a dress or something underneath. And then, you know, I'll take off my jacket and stuff and pants and shoot really quickly and then come back and put on my jacket and kind of do that back and forth. You have to definitely just learn to deal with the cold, (laughs) but it helps if you're somewhere like nearby a house or a car where you can take breaks and turn on the heater in between. That's really nice. But yeah, usually just shoot fast and work with people who are brave enough to be cold. (laughs) Yeah, you have to work with very willing models. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd be surprised a lot of people are willing to as long as it's not extremely freezing out. (laughs) It's definitely days where it's like 30 or 40 degrees and it's cold, but not too cold (laughs) yeah yeah where the snow looks perfect enough and it's not freezing to the point where your eyelashes are frozen you know those photographs (laughs) of crazy pictures (laughs) oh definitely there's been a couple times where I've taken photos with friends like in the middle of a blizzard which was it definitely makes you feel alive (laughs) oh yeah it's a a true adventure but also kind of risky for your equipment probably and for yeah recommend not shooting in an active blizzard (laughs) you have to kind of play it by ear with winter because sometimes you don't know what you're going to get so it's good to find people who are flexible who you can just call up as soon as it starts snowing and be like hey come over or just take self-portraits which is what I do a lot because the weather's all over the place in the winter usually Mm -hmm. yeah it's good to have this knowledge because A lot of the listeners, I'm sure, live in countries where winters are very cold and there's a lot of snow. Where I live, it tends to get really snowy, too, for several months. And I think for Mm -hmm. photographers who love natural light, it can be frustrating to shoot indoors all the time throughout the winter. So those tips are really great for people who still want to make the most of the scenery and uh, not freeze their their heads off. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think everyone should experience shooting during the winter especially if they are photographers who like natural light like myself like I don't ever use studio lighting unless I have to I just really love natural light so that's why I force myself to go out no matter what the season is (laughs) but sometimes you just have to do it indoors you don't have a choice but try and make the most of it yeah exactly try and make the most of it and if you feel intimidated by the weather and if it's not too dangerous for you or your equipment then Try to challenge yourself. It's it's a really good tip in general, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Savannah, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? 
Oh, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of different goals and dreams, but one of the things that I would love to do is just to be able to freely travel the world while also taking photos either of clients or myself or working with big brands, things like that. People who align with my style and my beliefs. It would be really great to just see more of the world and capture it and get paid to do so. I think that's a lot of people's dreams. <laughs> um, I also would really love to work with um, one of my favorite bands is Panic at the Disco. So I've dreamed of shooting with Brennan Yuri for a long time, like helping them create album art or doing a styled shoot for their music, I think would be really incredible. That's probably number one on my list. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great answer. That would be super cool. Panic at the Disco is an awesome band, and I think you would be yeah. able to take the most incredible photographs for them. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like our styles would mesh together really well. I think so, too. Yeah, just be persistent and keep emailing them and try to find people who know them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wish you the very best with that, and I have no doubt that you will be able to achieve all of your dreams. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to talk to you. It was really enlightening in many ways. And now I am not that scared of winter time because I know that I might be able to take decent photographs outdoors then. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that you should. I would love to see that. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you. Bye. Bye. I hope that this interview has inspired you to get into portrait photography and try out Savannah's tricks. Her adaptability and open-mindedness are definitely There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.